Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. You can find me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. You can follow me on Twitter at the Dan Urban. You can also follow the podcast at Couchside Judges, and you can subscribe to the show wherever you listen. And if you like what you're hearing, give us that five-star review. And we talk about judging in MMA, so you should learn the criteria, which you can read at abcboxing.com. So, Dan, we have one final UFC event at UFC Apex before they finally venture back out on the road. It's it's wild that we've had so many events in one place with roughly the same team of judges, right? Yeah, it that has been. Wonder how they're going to do that from you know from now on. I guess they're going to get some locals from the places they go to. Yeah, I mean, I would have to think, especially especially in Texas, but I think in Florida, too, it's going to be a lot of, you know, they, they will have some of the traveling judges I think we'll see in Florida. But when, yeah, when you're talking about Texas, just from what we've seen traditionally, when they have UFC events in Texas, I mean, they don't even get three of the top ten of traveling guys to have for a main event or a title fight or anything like that. It's it's almost always home, at least one home or two local judges. Yep. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll revisit kind of that situation as we get closer. Uh, we'll, we'll go into a little more about that, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely, uh, I'm going to miss the fact that, that I actually liked as a fan sing at home, I liked no fans in the building. You got some extra things, like, especially when the punches land and the kicks land, you, you hear them better. It's, that's what it is. I that's like, really, it's almost all of it. I love the small cage. I don't think that was a secret. I hope everyone reminisces on the Apex era by watching this final event this weekend and not that other circus that's happening on the same night. I won't even dignify it by saying what it is. And Dan, uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I actually don't know what circus you're referring to. You're going to make so me gonna say, tell me. all right, Jake Paul versus Ben Askren is Saturday night. Yeah, I know. I hate you. I will cut. <laughs> I'm, I'm cutting that. I'm going to cut that. Maybe I'll leave it. Nah, I used to leave it. No, I, hey, look, I understand. I, I think it's a total joke. Um, look, if, if Ben Askren wants to make some money off of Jake Paul, fine. Okay, whatever. I am definitely not going to be watching myself. Yeah. I Just tell me who wins. Couldn't care less. Hmm? Just tell me who wins, and, and even then, I really don't care who wins, so whatever. I'll find out who wins. I don't need to ask, but I don't care enough. Just, it's just a dumb event. All right. It's a dumb event. It's a, I mean, anything involving Jake Paul is dumb. Yeah. Sorry, I just, I don't. I don't really care about the YouTube guys like that, especially this one. I don't get the appeal. Back in my day, we didn't uh, we didn't watch all these YouTubers. <laughs> but enough about that. We gave them too much attention this uh, already. So already too much. You're right. Back to the apex. Sad to see it go, but I'm I'm excited because I guess contender series will be back. That's where they always have those events. I'm sure that's where tough will be taking places in the apex. So yay! Hey, tough is awesome. No. <laughs> well, Dan, what do you think? Maybe we can move on, get into the main course of the show today, our past judgment. Yeah, the meat and potatoes. The meat and potatoes. And, and of course, we've got a very good one because the one of the headliners this weekend, Robert Whitaker, who is facing Kelvin Gastelum in this fight that has been a little more than two years in the making. Uh, Whitaker was in one of the most fascinating main event five-round fights in recent memory, and it really sets up for a very interesting past judgment. Yeah, it was a really good fight, and it, interesting scorecards. So. And then, yeah, that was that was the second fight against Yoaro Miro. 
So before we get into this one, Dan, why don't you just uh, run down the scoring? How do we do it? Yeah, the way we score fights, we use our CSJ criteria, which is basically the same as the ABC criteria, which, as we mentioned earlier, is available at abcboxing.com. And like certified judges, we score rounds based on the 3Ds, damage, dominance, and duration. We just made a few key changes. A 10-9 round is a competitive round in which neither fighter checks one of the 3Ds by a large margin. A 10-8 can be considered for just 1D, but should definitely be given when 2Ds are achieved. A 10-7 is available for checking off 2Ds, but must be given for all three. We've discarded tiebreakers for effective aggression and area control, as these are rarely used by judges anyway. The rare 10-10 would only be given in largely uneventful rounds. All this helps provide more varied scores that should more accurately reflect what happened in a fight. Alright, let's get into it. Set up the Reaper versus the Soldier of God 2. I believe that you're talking about Bobby Knuckles against uh, the Soldier of God? Is that who you mean? I like using the alternate nickname. Well, you know, I, I actually, just a real quick aside, I did speak to Robert Whitaker the other day, and, and he does refer to it as the Reaper. I mean, this is this is the title that he prefers to use. He doesn't like Bobby Knuckles. All right. See, I knew that. But he's, but I didn't even talk to he's him, wrong. Though. I'm sorry. That Bobby <laughs> Knuckles is a freaking fan. But it's, it's such a mob name. But it's perfect. It's perfect yeah. for MMA. All right. All right. Anyway, so yeah, this one was, uh, this was at UFC 225. It was the headliner, which took place at United Center in Chicago, June 9th. 2018, a couple days from my birthday, if you want to mark your calendar. Uh, this would have been for the middleweight title, but Romero missed weight by one-fifth of a pound. Yeah, that kind of stinks. Couldn't quite get there. Uh, Whitaker here, he's 27 years old. He's still, you know, very much, you know, kind of coming into his athletic prime, really. Uh, won the interim title, of course, by beating Romero the previous July. That moved him to 19-4 overall, 7-0 at middleweight in the UFC after he had come up from uh, 170 pounds and obviously found much greater success not cutting so much weight, which, as you know, people who listen to our show know, Dan and I like to highlight whenever we can. Yes. Romero, a case of someone who probably was cutting too much weight, uh, 41 years old, 13-2 and two coming into this one. Uh, he had just won in February... Uh, with a knockout of Luke Rockhold. Third round, of course, because that is, uh, <laughs> that's the Romero special. Round three is his special. It's his special. If, if he's going to beat you, it's round three. It <laughs> kind of almost manifests in this fight, too. We'll get to that later. Uh, the judges here, Sal D'Amato, Chris Lee, and Brian Puccello. The referee, Dan Mergliata. So Dan Urban, <laughs> not Mergliata, why don't you get into round one? What do we see? Round one, I was like, I've seen this from Romero before. Just doesn't do anything. A lot of standing around <laughs> with his hands up high and yep. kind of just standing still. Yep. Just eating it. I was like, I mean, this is trending 10-8. I mean, R- Whitaker's not doing anything special as far as big shots. He's just over, like, just killing them on the numbers. You're talking about large margin. Yeah. And I'm like, but then he finally started uh, the final minute. He kind of closed that gap, so I mean, had to go ten nine Winnaker. I don't see a way you can score this one for Romero. Yeah, no, this is this would be impossible to score for Romero. I think this would be one of those things where you have your uh, your license to judge revoked here, and they say, <laughs> okay, maybe you could just be the timekeeper yeah, or something like that. Pretty much. Yeah, uh, yeah. There were there was no disagreement here. This is obvious. A uh, ten nine. You almost wish, and you know, our it, this is a ten nine even in our scoring. But you almost wish there was like a separate way to score a, a round like this where it's like okay the guy definitely won it's not very close he just didn't outdistance the guy but it wasn't a lopsided round you know what i mean 
Yeah, he really beat up the leg too. That was solid. I mean, this is true. That's true. Um, so, yeah, it's. I don't know. It's not, it's a ten nine. That's what this is. This is a very very solid ten nine, as opposed to a you know kind of close but clear. Nothing close, just very clear. Yep. Round two. And all the another added another round that was kind of clear. Oh, oh yeah, Jed- we should say who the uh, the judges scored all three. They did in fact see it for whatever. Okay, yeah. No one no one was blind. Nobody <laughs> lost their job. <laughs> but yeah, round two. Yeah, yeah. What what we see here, Dan? Much more active Romero. Uh, and it was decently Much close. Much more urgency, especially with his eye. Well, once his to... eye got closed in that round, yeah, he got a little bit more urgent. But I, I thought he was being, uh, I thought Whitaker was landing more and probably at the same level as Romero, pretty much. But it was a much better round for Romero, but it's still 10-9 for Whitaker. Yeah, Romero, finally, he did come alive, of course, and, and he needed to, because how many rounds are you going to give away? Especially, you know, like we like we said, we've seen this, this from Romero before, but sometimes, as was the case in the... Adesanya fight, the other guy just isn't getting it going either. They're just very content to not pick up the pace in any way. Whitaker yeah. most definitely was, you know, he had, he had a solid pace. He was doing offense both in both rounds, but in this round, he was leading yeah, the dance. Yeah, not not enough is really happening from Romero to Whitaker to have any doubt about who won this round. This is a Whitaker round, ten yeah. nine. So we're both twenty eighteen. All judges, all three are judges good. are two. Okay. No, no doubts here. You know, do you think that there's even a case to be made for for Romero? Just devil's advocate. No, I mean, well, compared yeah, I don't think compared so. to round one, you can say he improved so much. You give him the round. sure, but but, but no, that no doesn't one doesn't mean do it's close that. enough, yeah. right? Right. It, no. This is. Would you call this close but clear? or Would you say this is also clear? Uh, it was close enough, but close but enough, still but clear. pretty clear. Yeah. All right. Round three, things start shaking up a little bit. Yeah. This is yep, this is where third round Romero finally shows up. Third round Romero shows up, drops Whitaker early, swarms, hit Whitaker with some big shots and big uppercuts. But Whitaker kept returning. So even though he was hurt, he, he still kept fighting. Those elbows seemed to uh, wobble Romero a little bit, at least make him step back. Landed a big head kick at the end. I thought this was a 10-8 in our scoring system. For Romero? Yes. Yes, yes. Uh, to, to be uh, abundantly clear. Yeah. I mean, this is, first off, this is just a fun round. Right, this is a fun round. This is a good round. Yep. You know, if if you tuned in, let's say you bought the pay per view and you said, you know, I paid sixty bucks for this, but I'm just gonna start watching round three. You'd be like, wow, this is a great fight. Yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, this is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, wow, were the were the first two rounds like this? No, they weren't. No, uh, yeah, it was it was definitely a solid round for Romero. did you toy with the idea of going to a 10-7 or, you know, which would have been an a- ABC 10-8? I was looking at it. I didn't I didn't think so. I, I thought Whitaker kept fighting. I didn't think that he was all that diminished, as you would say. But I see. I actually did toy with it quite a bit. I didn't go there, obviously. I'm, I'm, I'm going with 10-8 uh, for Romero as well. I agree with you. But, the, you know, it's the diminishing blows. I mean, they're there. Like, you're obviously seeing a fighter that's being diminished by what's landed. He's he's hurt pretty bad here. And I don't know that Whitaker was able to return it to the same degree. But I do think because we have the flexibility in our system, it makes it much easier to say, okay, we have the intermediary 10-8 as opposed to a 10-7 uh, or a 10-9. And I think that makes it easier for me to say, okay, let, let's let's go with the 10-8. I feel good here. Yeah, 10-8's good. I mean, like like you said, you maybe you saw him, you know, the blows being more diminishing than what I thought they were. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's fair to go. And 10-8. of course, none of the judges, though, who were seated cage side, none of them saw this one as a 10-8 either uh, on the night, which I, 
you know, it's interesting because this is where they're saying, okay, this is where the bar is set. This wasn't too long after, uh, you know, the criteria was clarified. We're in 2018 now. So, you know, about a year and a half, two years after it was, you know, really, you know, put out there and activated. So who knows where the calibration is, or maybe they feel comfortable that this is truly a, uh, a 10, nine, not quite at the 10, eight ABC level. You know, obviously we didn't want to go to our 10, seven, which would be a 10, eight. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, it's like I, you know, I, I think it's half. interesting. And I, I do can... like that we've got this extra, you know, I think this is where our scoring system really fills that hole, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. So now on our scorecards, because we both had Romero 10-8 after Whitaker won the first two rounds by 10-9s, we've got it tied at 28. And the judges have uh, Whitaker up one round. Yep, yep, because it's all it's all 10-9s here. So it's just Whitaker 29-28 uh, across the board. Round four. This is where we start to see the judges uh, are disagreeing on what's happening here, right? Yeah. I mean, it, this this was shaping up to be another round one, I thought. Whitaker was landing. Romero wasn't doing much. And then at the end, Romero hits hits him with the two most effective strikes of the entire round, wobbling Whitaker. Very wobbled, yes. So, I mean, he's like, all right, do I, how, how much do I weigh the volume versus the actual effect of the strikes? And I, and I went with... Uh, effect and impact and i scored it for romero 10-9 i understand your reasoning here i I don't think it's flawed in any way um and it's supported by the criteria but i did say whitaker in this round 10-9 and the reason being that yes romero had whitaker hurt late but he kind of did recover well enough like he was definitely stumbled he wasn't great but he kind of recovered well enough so that he wasn't like in real real trouble like the, the entire rest of the way you know what i mean I thought it was a very strong, very effective strike. And, and yeah, you know, probably two strikes, right? The most, I think you had it accurate to say that these were the two best from either man in that round. But Whitaker really did a great job of piling up, not just little strikes. I mean, he was piling good strikes up. He worked good uh, volume throughout that round, landing well. I don't know. The, the question is, how much does a couple strikes really change it? Especially in a situation where, I mean, it's not like he knocked... Romero de- or, uh, knocked Whitaker down, you know. I think you gauge how the re- how the fighter reacts. So, sure. I think Romero felt like he was kind of walking through these strikes. Lots of lots of straights and you know teeps up the middle to the stomach. It didn't seem to me anyway that they had all that much uh, effect on Romero. Was this the round two that he ate the low blow? This was a low blow. Oh, was it this round? I don't remember. Yeah, it probably was this I round. I actually didn't mark it down in my notes. I forgot to kind of, I just kind of zoned out for that part of it. I'm, I'm assuming, I'm thinking it was this round was the low blow. Because, yeah, because, mm. yep, because he was super tired after round three, round four, and then the commentary is like, oh, he's going to take all the time he can and recover here. R- Romero is. Yeah. Just to be clear, yeah. Yeah, so anyway, I thought, I like you said, Whitaker was landing good shots. I just didn't think they, all of them were all that great. And I, I thought Romero was kind of walking them down. Uh, just eating them. I mean, that's never a good strategy, but the ones that Romero landed seem to be much more effective. Yeah, like I said, I, I have a hard time really disagreeing with your rationale. I think your rationale is solid. You can stand on the criteria, and there's nothing wrong with that. I I do think I can stand on the criteria as well. Would, would you disagree? No, I wouldn't. I, I think you can make a case either way. Okay. Yeah, I mean, obviously, and the judges were split here too. You know, that, that obviously speaks volumes to that. Uh, we had... Chris Lee and Brian Puccillo saw it the, the same way I did for Whitaker. Uh, Sal D'Amato saw this as a Romero round. Uh, so he uh, sided with you or you sided with him. He did it first. 
He did it first. Yeah. He did it first. <laughs> so, yeah. And then this is actually, uh, I mean, this is kind of a rare instance where Sal D'Amato is, is, uh, is the dissenting judge. He's just, it doesn't happen to the guy too often, especially over the last few years. Yes. Yeah, it is not, not, that's rarity. So that said, you think he's right. So <laughs> I do think he's right. And oh, I think he's wrong. No, I don't think it's that bad. Like I said, I, it's you can you can stand the criteria on this one. It makes perfect sense. But I just this is one of those rounds that I feel like you almost need to have it just a little bit more clear in the criteria what you're supposed to do with a round like this. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like this yeah. this is a round that I think says how do we figure out a way to make it so that all three guys. Or or gals, as, as it could be the case, these are three men here. Uh, see it the same way, or or are looking at the same thing, and they say, "This is what this is." I would I would like something in there, or something even on the broadcast, because you know when they show that you know the bar graph after with the strikes, and then the one bar is much longer than the other one, and then and, yeah, and at least in this one they did it per round. Sometimes they so, just show the whole fight, and it's like, well, that's useless. So yeah, they show it per round, and then they're like, "See, that guy gave the round to Whitaker." I mean, that guy gave that round to Romero. He got outstruck by 20 strikes. And they think it's just the number of strikes that matter. It's and not. I, I wish that would, would be made it, more not clear. Not all strikes are created equal. So. Not all strikes are created equal, 100%. And I think we know that. But, yeah, I just, I think that there's room in the criteria to sort out what a round like this is supposed to be. Because right now, we can both be right. And maybe that's okay. But you know what? I I... I'd almost like it to be a little more clear to be able to, I mean, if, if, you know, if, if I could tell people what to do, you know, I would say, yeah, I think something like this just needs more clarification. Um, and, and some people might say, Hey, maybe it's already in there. Maybe it is, but the judges disagreed for a reason. You know, I, I think, I think that when you can disagree and you each have a valid case, not just because you saw a close round, like the, you know, there's rounds where, Sometimes it's just very close. It's like, well, who do you think got the edge? It's like, I don't know, a couple strikes here or there. That's not what this is. This is a very different case where it's like you've got a good amount of volume and and good volume. You know, it's it. this isn't just pitter-patter stuff. And then you've got on the other side, not as much volume, but a very, very, very effective use of your strikes. Yeah, I guess it's probably some, somewhere in the wording where, you know, that MMA is an offensive sport and the person trying to finish the fight or working towards finishing the fight. I'm sure that might be their argument saying that it's already in there. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Hey, you know, we, uh, we interpret the criteria as best we can. Mm. Uh, the judges know it better than we do. The regulators presumably know it better than we do as well. So hopefully, you know, they, they learn from rounds like this and they try to get on the same page going forward. But I do feel like there's room to work with the criteria, massage the criteria's wording, and, f- and find a way to make something like this just a little bit more crystallized. But yeah, round five, Dan. But oh, wait, round four is final, the scores for the rounds. Oh, we didn't even get to that, did we? Yeah, yeah. so, uh, you know, where we have now, my scorecard is 38 to 37 for Whitaker. Yours is 38 to 37 for Romero. The judges on the evening, Lee and Puccillo, saw this one as 39-37 for Whitaker through round four. Sal D'Amato's got it tied at 38. Head into the final. But really all that means is that Romero's you know, Romero kind of needs to he needs to get a finish or yep. or you know a 10-8 or something just to be able to actually, yeah. you know, scale, you know, pull a draw here. Yeah, for sure. And again, not that anybody knows that because no one ever knows the scoring because that's just that would just be silly to let the fighters know where they stood. Yeah, that'd be insane. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> anyway, round five. This is another round where 
I think our I think our scoring system really does have an effect, right? I agree, and I actually I actually think this round is a better round for Romero than round three. See, yeah, I think a lot of people thought that too, and I actually, for whatever reason, I when I came away from this fight, at least the most recent time, I don't remember what I thought at the time, um, but this most recent time, I was like. Maybe round three was better for Romero, but maybe maybe I'm wrong. Tell, tell me. Tell me what you saw. Well, the thing is, I, I think he blasts him, and the knockdown is much more emphatic this round. Like, Whitaker... It, it is. Whitaker crumbles, kind of. And then after that, I felt he was kind of done for this round. Romero. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I thought, yeah. I thought Whitaker was done this round. He, yeah. He gets on top in Turtle, and he just pounded him with shots. Big Dan stepping in. Hey, watched the back of the head a bunch of times. Sure. Making sure, because we saw he did uh, take a point. This past weekend for that. Uh, so it's good that he's on that. But anyway, when they're on the feet, Whitaker's really just trying to keep it on the feet and not get punched in the face. Much much more defensive than he was in round three. Round- I also trying not to get punched in the face. But I mean, though, and I thought those sweeps when he's kicking out the ankle, he's just, Whitaker's falling like a ton of bricks after that. I was like, oh my God. He is badly hurt. He's so, he's compromised in a way that he wasn't in in round three. I think you're right. You you've kind of sold me that that you're you you definitely see uh, a stronger case for potential ten seven or you know right. ABC ten eight I in could, this round. I think you're right. I couldn't go ten seven for us because Romero kind of just hugs him after he hurts him. Yeah, he starts getting tired so too. He didn't really push towards that finish, so I I felt comfortable. I don't with think 10-8. he could anymore. He's probably yeah. He was he was definitely gassed. I mean, they, they were was, saying he was gassed earlier in the fight. And that wake up probably was was a big factor. I would think so. But yes, I, I go ten eight Romero. I also went ten eight Romero here. Um, you know, if it, when I like I said when I saw this fight, fight I actually thought round three was stronger. I, I think I agree with you in, in retrospect that yeah, round five was actually the stronger round. But you know, I, my scores being what they were. I wasn't gonna have a ten seven in this right. round and not in round three because I saw it differently. So, so yeah, this was a this was a ten eight for Romero for me again. Uh, again, I think the CSJ system is is much more flexible and and gives us a more accurate representation of what happened during the twenty five minutes of this fight. So you know we've got two ten eight rounds for Romero that you and I both agree upon. So yep. really, no matter what happened in round four, we still kind of end up in the same place, right? Because I have 47-46 Romero, and you have 48-45 Romero. Romero's still winning. On our card, yeah. Ours and, uh... On our card and our scoring system, and I think in a, in a way that more accurately reflects what happened. Yeah, Romero, he got much closer to, to ending this fight on two occasions. Whitaker had a good fight. He fought a good fight. It's not bad to say that he won this, and I think in the ABC system... He probably did win this. I, it's it's harder to make a case for Romero. It's it's another case of where Whitaker wins the game, but but he lost the fight. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, but he wasn't, you know, he wasn't really playing the game. You know what I mean? Like some people, I think, play the game. Yeah, and they're trying to win the game. I think Robert Whitaker was trying to win the fight. He wanted. He to just win. ended he... up winning the game in the process, right? But not the fight. Yes, this was this is it's a similar fight to Hendricks and GSP in that sense. Of where one guy got beat up pretty good, but he won more rounds, so he wins the fight. Yeah, although GSP is a different case because I think he is trying to win the game. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> we, he, we learned recently GSP really did not like fighting; just enjoyed I winning. I mean, I don't blame him. I, you know, I, I like training <laughs> jujitsu and I like competing in jujitsu, but it's not like I like fighting people. Yeah, I didn't. I don't need that in my life. Some people do, and that's fine. <laughs> but you know what? It's, that's just that's just not my journey. But how, how did the 
judges cage side that night go? I mean, they all went 10-9 for Romero. I mean, this is not a 10-8 round, really, because I think when you see the lack of push for that last, what, two minutes or so, mm-hmm. it makes it a lot harder to go for, sure. for Romero. Because he was probably well on his way to a 10-8 round, you know? And then yeah. he just, he's out of gas. He's kind of sputtering to the end, you know. Cross that finish line, And it line, just didn't though. go. You like, you like my sound effects there? Yeah. My kids would probably like it, especially because <laughs> they like cars. <laughs> But yeah, this is this is a uh, this is a fight where you have 48-47s both ways. Liam Puchillo seeing it for Whitaker. Motto has it for Romero. And as much as when people were watching it live, and you know, yeah, Joe Rogan obviously has his very highly educated opinion on judging. Uh, that's a little facetious. You know, there. I actually thought it was pretty decent from what, what I from what I remember. He was like, well, you know. Now you got to talk about, is there possible 10-8 rounds in there? At least he was kind of wise he to that. He said something out of potential 10-7. I did. I, you know what? I was letting Come the, on, man. I was letting the dog back in as that came in, so I didn't see how he got to that point. But I did. At least I was happy that he was recognizing that 10-8s were most certainly possible. Well, I think this was in the context of the fact that they had made the changes recently. Okay. But did he really understand what the changes were? I don't know. Yeah, probably not. I'm sure he someone told him one time, and then <laughs> he just you know took it and ran with it because that sounds like Joe Rogan. Yeah, why not? <laughs> but yeah, th- this is a fight where, on the whole, like we said, I think our scoring system really does have a, a dramatic impact on the way things are going. Because look, Romero, he lost this fight, but if we think he won, I mean, they'll run this back again and they'll do the trilogy because it'd be one-one, and not only that, they would have to fight for the title again because Romero couldn't actually win the title in this fight. Yeah, he could. Yeah, that .2 pounds prevented him from being eligible to win the belt. That was... You think that's weird? That you get a point allowance for not having a title on the line, but you don't get that allowance for the actual title? The, the pound allowance? Yeah. yeah. Seems like such I a mean, weird look, rule. Look, here's the thing with MMA. I mean, you, know, you know this. Like, we see guys come up and wait, you know, who are much smaller than the other guy, and they could still starch the other guy with power. It's like... I don't I don't like to say that like weight classes are like BS or something like that. I I don't think it's that far, but like you just look at weight classes and like how much different is it for these guys? Like some some of the guys who show up to the same weight, they make the same weight the day before, and like one guy will rehydrate like five pounds, the other one will rehydrate like eighteen pounds. Like you're still coming together as basically two guys from different weight classes. Yeah, but someone just played the game a little differently. That it's whole so thing, the thing that you can weigh in. And uh, 36 hours before the weight that you fight at certain weight, and then you fight at a completely different weight than what you weighed in at, is absurd to me. I, I think something needs to be done about that. But, I mean, whatever. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, <laughs> I like that. You're very passionate, and then, eh, whatever. I, I I don't know what else to say. It's just so stupid. It is hey, stupid. Uh, but you know what? I think I think what it is, and, and this is an idea that's been been uh posed to me as in the past as well and it's one that i i at least see where it comes from but i still think it's stupid athletes say to themselves listen i want every advantage i can get so i'm gonna get down to the lowest weight class i can and have some size on my side and then other people are like oh well, i can do that better so they'll try and go down too right i know i get and it's all just like this competitiveness of athletes it's like if you guys just realize that this is the most bs part of the job and you just stop doing it You'd probably have a lot better time in general. Right. But my, my point is that they're doing these things. They're all cutting weight to fight at some at a weight that they're not going to fight at. Yeah. So the, the weigh-in is just, it, it's for show pretty much. I mean, 
I get what you're saying. It's it's definitely more than that, but it's stupid. I mean, I'm I'm not disagreeing with you that it's stupid. I think weight weight cutting is stupid. I would I would really rather see look. I would like to see it where it's like, you know, it doesn't matter what weight you come in at. Just just be within, you know, five pounds of the other guy when you show up to that night, you know? Yeah. There are so many actual, like, hurdles to making that work, and I understand that. This is not, this is not based in a reality where we can actually have that happen. But it's just like, for me, if if we could, if I could just dictate the whole world, and, you know, Scott Fontana is the dictator of the whole world, obviously my focus would be on mixed martial arts at this point. Um, <laughs> I, was, I would say yes. Oh, everyone, just show up to the fight that night, and everyone who's within X amount of pounds, you guys can fight each other. You don't know who your opponent is, just who you weigh closest to. That's who you're I fighting. Would be a, I'd be a terrible dictator. <laughs> I mean, probably that would actually make me a better dictator, you know, because then I wouldn't be such a, you know, like a jerk like all these other dictators are. Well, I think that comes with the territory. You have to be a jerk. If you're going to be a dictator. But, I, but no, no, I, I, would, I would probably be like kind of like a nice dictator. It's the like, nice oh, dictator. All right. Okay. Everyone just kind of carry on. Just do your Follow thing. The laws. You know? just, just be good. Be good people. <laughs> all right. Enough of my power yeah. trip. <laughs> let's, let's get into let's the move, weekend. Let's move on. We got, we got some fights this weekend, of course. We got Bellator again on Friday. We'll start with Bellator, right? Bellator number 257. Got the, uh, the light heavyweight world grand prix world the world light heavyweight grand prix i forget the wording of it it's one of those the light heavyweight world grand prix thank you sir it is that it was re- it will resume again and this time with the light heavyweight champion vadim nemkov putting his belt on the line for the first time against phil davis in a rematch that'll be at the top here uh the other one is Corey anderson against the newcomer I'm going to butcher his name until I hear it like 20 times. Dovlechen Yakshimuradov. Sounds right to me. Yeah? You think so? I think so. Maybe I'm getting closer. I'm honing in. <laughs> yeah, let's let's start with the title fight, though. Let's start at the top here with Nemkov Davis here. Do you like this one? I like the fight uh, just from basically what I know of Phil Davis. I mean, I don't know how, how far he's fallen off. It doesn't sound like they talk about him like he's fallen off them. I wish I got to see the first fight. I still can't find it anywhere. So... Uh, I don't know how well he did in that fight. I actually did not get the chance to watch that first fight, so I couldn't tell you a whole lot other than my understanding was that it, it really was very close. So, but I mean, as we did our bracket last week, I'm sticking with the champ. I'm going with Nemkov wins this one. I feel good about Nemkov here. I mean, this is a guy who's you know on the rise in the division, and you know nothing against Phil Davis, but you know he's had his prime. There was a, there was a time where Phil Davis was an up and comer. He looked like someone who could be a real force at one at, at uh, 205 pounds. And he got very close at times, but it just didn't really uh, work out for him to ever get to that kind of that peak there. Right. Yeah. I, so, yeah, I, I feel good about Nemkov here. I am interested to see this fight, though. We'll, we'll see how it goes, especially because we'll get five rounds out of this one as opposed to three. So, hey, maybe maybe somebody finishes it off. Right. Yeah. My, my official pick is Nemkov. But I think if, if Davis can wrestle the way we know he's capable of, maybe he does. uh earn himself a, a close win we'll see we'll see and uh yeah I, I don't know i i just i have to go with youth here i i just think nevkov really is i think he's he's kind of i don't want to say special i i don't think we know if he's a special talent yet but i do think this guy seems to have like it i th- i i love them because he's not a stubborn fighter he takes what you give him like he doesn't force anything that fight against uh, uh liam mcgeary the guy gave him his leg the whole fight, he just kicked it until McGeary couldn't walk anymore. The fight was over, like kick TKO. Other fights he wrestles, uh, you know, other fights he keeps on the feet, like with Bader. It was, I think he does what he has to do to win, and he's good at pretty much everywhere. 
this feels like uh, the way you're describing it too. It does kind of remind me of the fact that he is a Fedor Melianenko uh, pupil. Okay, is it or does, protege? Is, I should say. Does he tr- does he train with Fedor? I believe so. Oh, okay. I, I I I'm pretty sure they're they're quite well affiliated. That's oh, my understanding. That's pretty cool. I didn't know that. Fedor is going to be in town for this one, and was I believe what Scott Coker told me uh, a couple weeks back. <laughs> All right, I love Fedor. I bet you do. But what the co-main? This is this is the first five-round co-main that's not a title fight that we've ever seen, right? I believe it is. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that they went with uh, the five-round fights for for the tournament here because I don't believe they did that with the with the, either of the previous Grand Prix that they've done in Bellator, you know, the welterweight one and, and the still not quite finished featherweight one. Yeah. So it is interesting to see that. I, I like it. Yeah. I'm down for it. I also like the white gloves. So special, I don't like the white gloves. Special I'll tell you white why. gloves. It's because someone on Twitter pointed out, and this is almost like a reason to like it too. It's like, I don't like it, but I kind of like it. They make it look like Mickey Mouse gloves. Well, who doesn't like Mickey Mouse? Oh, I mean, Mickey's great. Oh, <gasps> <laughs> Speaking of dictators, Mickey Mouse. Oh, I'm the head of an evil corporation. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> my kids like it. My wife hates it. But moving on, Corey Anderson versus uh, the Vetchin Yakshmurdov. 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 I think I've got down. Yeah, his first name's a little tough. Tapology just right. gives his first initial. <laughs> it's long. Anyway, we, only need to, we can we can do second reference. I I tried his name before and probably failed. So yeah, we'll second reference it. All right. All right. What well, what do you like here? I like Yakshimurov. I I you know from my understand he is and I haven't gotten the chance to watch him. So like this is a little bit of a blind pick. Let's be honest here. I need I need to be perfectly clear about that. Yakshimurov. My understanding he's is he's probably going to be able to keep this standing and just kind of outstrike Anderson. I'm going with Corey Anderson just because I, I really don't know much about him. And I picked him in, in our bracket, so I want to win that. So I also got him going to the finals, so he can't lose the first round if I have him going to the finals. Well, I also have uh, the same situation. I have Yogsin Murdov going to the finals, yeah. so I also have to pick him here, don't I? You do. Of course, we can also change our things because, you know, there's there's really no one holding us accountable. I am. That's all right. You don't need to. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, I'm just going on Corey Anderson just because... The, no, because uh, you like the beast in 25 8 I because I think he be he would. Here's my all right, here's my real reasoning. I don't mm. know anything about Yasha Murdov, but I do know that I think he would beat Machida or Bader if he was matched up with them. So if he gets past okay. this guy, I think he gets past the, the next guy pretty. And then I well, of course, that that would yeah. be Bader. I mean, we know we know yeah. Bader's now out of there, so that's why I'm going with Anderson. All right, all right, fair enough. That. Sure, sure. And yeah, we're we're making a little bit of a blind pick here, and that's fine because once again, doesn't no one matter. cares. Yeah, no one cares. <laughs> I'm sure someone cares. You know, maybe you don't. Whatever. Sorry <laughs> if you don't care. <laughs> but you know, but... Well, yeah. Let's move on though. We've got UFC Vegas uh, again. We you know we've waxed poetic on the the end of this era. Uh, I'm sure they'll be back here and there, but you know, probably not much more. <laughs> yeah, now with Vegas opening up full time, so no. Now now they got uh. Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier going at it again. Such, I felt so staged, whatever, all the stuff that went down. But we can get into that later. Yeah, let's save it for a few months from now. <laughs> but Whitaker and Gastelum. Yeah, so this 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 fight was supposed to have happened back in February 2019, but then Whitaker suffered a collapsed bowel and, and, a, uh, and a hernia, so he couldn't fight. Like, they, they found out that night, if you recall... We were supposed to have five rounds of this, and all of a sudden they're like, uh, really, last minute, we're going to put Israel Adesanya and Anderson Silva 
as a three-round main event. Mm, yeah, I mean, it's just been coming for a long time. And after that, Gaslam kind of went on a uh, bad streak, I guess. Yeah, he, well, he came very close against Adesanya He's, for yeah, the, uh, that was the a interim title a couple months later in, in a legendary fight that was almost exactly two years ago. Yeah, that was a great fight. That, they just had the two-year anniversary of that the other day. It was a fantastic fight. Um, I don't remember. Like, I think we watched it recently, or I think we watched it for we did Past watch Judgment. It, yeah. And I I remember thinking, yeah, maybe this wasn't as good, but, like, I don't know. Maybe I was just overanalyzing it. There was solid solid rounds towards the end of the fight. Oh, terrific. Yeah. I mean, there there were – I don't think there was – certainly wasn't a bad fight, but, you know. Probably some people would be like, you're crazy. You don't even know him anymore. <laughs> Whatever. He had the one quick loss to Hermanson, and then, you know, I didn't think he was all that great against Heinish, but he, he got the job done in one. Uh, he got the job done, He and he needed to. I mean, let's face it, if he loses that fight, is he still in the UFC? I don't know. Yeah, and then this fight with, with Whitaker, it's, it's on short notice. It was supposed to be Costa, right? Yep, it was supposed to be Costa against Whitaker, and then uh, Costa had to drop out. So in comes Gastelum taking advantage of the opportunity. So even they're heading in different directions here with Whitaker... I mean, he's really only got the one loss to Adesanya over the last, like, five, six years. Yeah. People like to write off Whitaker as if, like, oh, you know, he's just not the same fighter anymore. It's like, okay, maybe he's not. But he also has lost one fight against the champ. Mm-hmm. So, come on. <laughs> Everyone has a bad night, too. So, who knows? Maybe he's actually got more in him. Yeah, I- I'm thinking for this one, I'm, I'm going to pick Whitaker in a war. Okay. I think we're going to close out the Apex era with a war. I'm going to pick Robert Whitaker. By submission. Wow. What kind of sub? Omoplata. All right. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I can't behind Omoplata. That's for you. I just did that for you. <laughs> we'll, we'll say rear naked choke. Let's just say oh, rear naked choke okay. because that's a pretty common one. I don't know. I definitely I kind of see I, the Hermanson heel hook. Wasn't expecting the leg attack. I don't think it's kind of surprised him. I think he'll be well versed to not get choked. We'll see. I'm I'm picturing him hurting him and then finishing him on the ground. Okay. That's how I picture. I got you. All right. I don't think he's going to like take him down and then methodically work to the back. We just don't see that much anymore in this sport. It's just yeah. not the way things go, you know? Really isn't. But no. What uh any other fights you're looking forward to? Yes, I on the undercard here, I am interested in Alexander Romanov, he of the forearm chokes against Juan Espino. <laughs> yeah, this fight's going to be awesome. It's and it's a heavyweight fight. I rarely say that. These. Yeah. Gosh, it better it just better be five minutes though. I, I say this all the time. Anybody who any heavyweight who wins in the first round ought to get a bonus. Like like a really good bonus. Yeah. So we just for not subjecting anyone else to ten more minutes of heavyweight mixed martial arts. Because yes, there are some heavyweight fights we want to watch more of. Some like at the top of the division, usually those can end up being very engaging, but Anything after, like, the top five guys, it's like, please, just get it over with. Yeah, and then if you go to the next round, you're just like, okay, now you're going to start owing us a bonus. Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> but I'm thinking Romanov wins this one. Me too. I I, I have to pick him. I, I think he's on a roll. I really like what we've seen of him. Um, yeah, I have no reason to pick against him right now is really all it is. It'll be a finish. It, it seems like both these guys do finish a lot. So I'm going to say not by forearm choke. I'll say... I'm going to say rear naked choke as well, too. Everyone's getting rear naked choke. I'm going TKO. Okay. And uh fight I'm looking forward to is the co-main. Jakar Close and Jeremy Stevens. Jeremy Stevens by knockout. That's my pick. He's Not by exciting... rear naked choke, Jeremy Stevens? No. Jeremy Stevens, oh. knockout, uh, and an exciting fight forever, how long it lasts. 
I'm going to pick uh, Dracker Close. I actually think he's going to win this one. And uh, not by rear naked joke. Although watch, he does. <laughs> uh, you know what? F it. Rear naked joke. Oh! <laughs> Everyone's getting rear naked. That's what's happening. All right. Triple down. I wonder what the record is for, for rear naked chokes on one uh, UFC event. Not not submissions. I don't care about that. I want rear naked chokes. How many do we usually get? We'll have to check that out. But you know what? We'll, I figure if I play the odds, like maybe eventually I'll get one. Uh, you should well, you should get one every card. It seems that way anyway. Lately, we've been getting a lot of arm bars, especially uh, in the women's fights. There are a lot of women's fights that end by an arm bar. Who should we expect judges throughout the whole weekend? Yeah, I I would bet that it's going to be kind of the same situation we had last week because we had a Bellator and we had a had a fight in Vegas, right? Yep. Out at Mohegan Sun, we saw you know like Eric Cologne. Uh, we saw Brian Miner. We saw Doug Crosby. We saw Michael Murtha. You know, these are the guys who I would expect to see again uh, over in Vegas. Uh, you know, should be guys like Sal D'Amato, Chris Lee, Derek Cleary, Mike Bell, Junichiro Kamijo. I'm, I'm sure it'll be kind of, you know, the, yeah, the, same, same the regular names that we've gotten used to. And, and this will be the last time. I'm, I'm really disappointed that it's it's they're kind of breaking up the band. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, not that we're not going to have fights in Vegas. There's going to be tons of fights in Vegas, of course, still. But yeah, this was this was a very interesting sort of experiment to have the same judges working together all the time mm-hmm. and calibrating their scores. And and I've spoken to judges, and and they also agree like this has been a very valuable time for them to work together and get on the same page. And I think it's really improved the way the sport is judged. As much as everybody sits at home and they say, "Oh, judging's terrible. It's worse than it's ever been." That's not in touch with reality. It's just not judging better than it's ever been. Yeah, it is way better than it's ever been, and I think a lot of it has to do with what happened during the pandemic. So, as terrible as the coronavirus pandemic has been on so many people and so many lives, and so many lives lost in this very small slice of the world of mixed martial arts judging, I think it was a net positive. Yeah, for sure. And that's going to do it for this episode of the Couchside Judges. We'll be back again on Monday to break down the weekend. I think it's going to be a really fun weekend, Dan. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll we'll catch you Monday. Yeah, take care. See you Monday.